So this morning, um, I'd like to introduce the practice of working with um, our emotions and our thoughts as they arise in our practice. Because as we know, they are there. And what we've been doing is really trying to stabilize our attention, stabilize our awareness, settle, calm, by returning over and over again to one object. Whether it's the breath, certain parts of the body, sensations in the body, like Rebecca introduced yesterday. And the idea is to keep turning back to that, keep turning back to that, everything else secondary. And then whether you feel like it or not, whether you know it or not, by today there is some continuity of stability. There is some continuity of stillness. And so laying down a foundation like that, giving a solid ground allows us to do a little bit more exploration in a more wise and mindful way. So before maybe it was like, thought I see you, coming back to breath. Thought I see you, coming back to body. Not saying they weren't there, not saying that they weren't happening, but it's just not what we're paying attention to. And so working with emotions and thoughts in our practice, again, we start with our foundation, we start with our anchor, allow the body to settle into that. And then as maybe a sensation in the chest arises, maybe some sort of sadness or fear or whatever it is that arises, recognizing that it's there, and what does this experience actually feel like? I know that fear is a concept. I know that in my mind I can think about fear, but what does fear actually feel like in the body? And I'm not saying your thing is fear. I'm just using that as an example. What does loneliness feel like in the body? without the story of loneliness, why I'm lonely, how I'm lonely, but what does loneliness actually feel like? How do I know? What does happiness feel like? Is it a bubbling light sensation in the chest, butterflies in the belly? So in working with emotions and thoughts, if we take it out of the mental formations around it and bring it into direct experience, what's going on right now? Something like worry or anxiety are such catchphrases. But what is it really? Oh, it's my heart's beating fast. My belly's tightening. My jaw's clenching. Okay. Get to know that. What is that? I'm calling this anxiety. You might even notice, because I work with anxiety a lot, sometimes anxiety and excitement 
can actually feel exactly the same. When do we choose to call it one thing versus the other? Maybe I'm excited. So allowing ourselves to get closer and closer, Chaz is going to talk about intimacy or investigation tonight. And this is part of it, getting closer and closer to what's really happening right now. Deeply knowing this body's experience. And it's actually quite interesting. It's quite fascinating. And some of those thoughts and emotions we don't like so much, so we watch ourselves pushing them away and calling them unpleasant. Some of them we really like, so we watch ourselves pulling them closer and calling them pleasant. And just see if we can watch the value judging. Because oftentimes unpleasant means bad and pleasant means good. That's how we tend to judge it. So see if you can just see experience as experience. Chest tight, chest heavy, belly full, shoulders tense, neck tight. Whatever's going on, head swirling, head busy. And just get close to it. So if you haven't already, settling into your posture. And first really landing, 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 landing. Allowing yourself to feel the weight, the gravity of your body. the pressure of what your body is in contact with. So the floor, the chair, the cushion. Maybe in those contact points, your feet or your knees, your legs, your bottom, your hands. What do you notice about those contact points? Vibration, pressure, warmth or coolness. Just noticing the bodily sensations of sitting. This is what sitting feels like. This is what a body feels like sitting.
And then if it feels right, shifting to just the witnessing, allowing, receiving a breathing happening in this body that's sitting. You don't need to change the breath or manipulate it in any way. Just experiencing the expansion and contraction of breathing happening. The inhale and the exhale. Belly expanding, chest rising, contracting, falling. And even though we don't control the breathing, seeing if your awareness can know that breathing is happening. So being aware of the sensations of your sitting contact points, aware of the sensations of breathing, maybe noticing other sensations in your body. Coolness or warmth. tingling or vibrating, wherever that is, again, without any value judgment, just paying attention. What's going on in this body right now? And if there's ever a point where the mind starts to get busy or over-engaged, then feel free to use whatever feels appropriate to you as an anchor. Going back to that one point to land on.
maybe even noticing that sensations change. So maybe the tingling has changed to neutral. That sensation is no longer there. Maybe a pain has shifted from a shoulder to a neck. Maybe the sensations of breathing have gotten deeper or more shallow. So the call is really just to pay attention, not to change, shift, orient, but pay attention. And then possibly as thoughts arise, Sometimes it's interesting to distinguish in the sense realm, do we think in images? Do we think in words? So maybe a thought is just seeing if you think in images. Maybe a thought is hearing, if you think in words. Sensation. How does that thought or image, visual? What's the experience of that thought in my sensory body? taking the importance out of the actual thought itself. But seeing how it affects you. Does this thought make me tense? Does this thought make me drift off? Does this thought take me out of my present moment? And just see how close you can get to the physical experience of that thought. Or that emotion. How is this in my body right now? If it's one of the hindrances, like I talked about last night, what does sleepiness feel like in this body right now? Restlessness, desire, aversion, doubt.
Just keep bringing it down into this bodily experience. Just checking in to where you are right now. And knowing that no experience is a wrong experience. Not doing it wrong. It's getting closer than that. What is this experience?
seeing if you can be interested in getting close to not thinking about, not manipulating. Ah, sleepiness feels like this. Heavy eyes, heavy arms, warm, whatever. Or restlessness feels like this. Buzzy, movement, agitated. It's all okay, just know what it is. It's not wrong.
again, checking in, remembering where am I right now in this body, this heart, this mind, this room, these people, this experience. giving space to your experience, watching how contracted we can get if we're wrapped up in something. So seeing what it's like to expand, maybe take a few deep breaths to give room to whatever's there, whether we like it or not, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. So I'd like to go straight from this space into more walking instructions and really talk about the continuity of our practice when we go from sitting to walking to eating to sleeping to walking to eating to sitting to walking and how we're at a point, like I was saying earlier, you're more settled than you realize and not, n- not losing any opportunity to stay with experience. And so one way we can often do that um, is even just in the transition between sitting and walking. So I want to do this together. Um, you know, like, okay, so we're sitting right now. What does it feel like to sit? I can feel my body... I'm not meditating, so it's extra comfortable (laughs) to be sitting. 
And I'm going to stand up, right? I'm going to stand up to do my walking practice. And we very typically go into autopilot stand. But what does it actually take to stand? So we're going to pay some attention to that. Because I know for me, yeah, I, I know how to stand. I've done it lots. Um, but what does it actually take? What's the process? What's the mental process? What's the physical process? If we really slow it down. So, I would say first is probably some sort of intention, right? Like the thought, I'm going to stand now. So that happens. And then if the proper firing happens in our nervous system, sends the message to our muscles, we want to stand. That's what the mind's telling the body. I want to stand now. <laughs> right? Kind of wild. That, that's what the mind does. The mind says something and then the body does it. I don't know. I think that's wild. Sometimes the body doesn't do it because maybe there's some, something that's blocking that possibility. But let's see what that's like. Okay, if you want to stand, what do you think the first step to standing is for your body? Do you, do you have to think about it? So let's just sit in that for a second. I could trip out on this all day. That's why I'm a Dharma teacher. <laughs> because really, you could say, yeah, I want to stand, and nothing could still happen, right? So there's the thought about it. And then how does intention, how does thought and intention connect to action? Where, where, where does that live? How does that happen? I don't know. There's a lot of will in there. Where does will live in our mind? Okay, so we're going to stand. But I just want you to see how, how that's going to happen for you. And if you can, do this throughout the day between walking, sitting, standing. All of it takes intention. All of it takes will. All of it takes some kind of communication between the mind and the body. And we miss that often. Okay, so let's stand together to the best of our ability. And in whatever noticing you need to do for that to happen, okay, unfolding the body, muscles, please cooperate, bones, respiratory system, right? There's a lot involved here. This just didn't happen. A lot of cooperation between a lot of systems. Let's know that. And then here we are. If standing is happening, no rush. Okay, now I'm standing. How does my body feel different? Did the heart rate change? Pressure different 
feet, arms, spine, mind. So just kind of tripping out on this, gravity. Yeah, we're not all floating around and bouncing off the ceiling. So there's some gravity involved. And then from here, we're not necessarily going to do it now. Chaz and Rebecca showed us this shifting experience. But really, if we think about it, when we shift into one foot, our only option is to lift the other one and to some way catch ourselves. If we shift all the way into one foot, the other foot lifts, and we'll, unless you're really good at balance, which I'm not, you know, naturally the other foot wants to catch us, so it takes a step. What does the mind do? How does the mind engage with that moment? The mind's involved. It's not just happening. So throughout your day-to-day, throughout your walking practice, see the mind-body connection, the mind-emotion-body connection, the chitta, the feet, the hands, the heart, everything engaging interacting. So, again, going back to sitting, what does that take? You're not just going to fall, right? might not be wise. So what does it take to sit? You take it for granted. Okay, I want to sit now. Okay, I know that. My mind's telling me I want to sit now. But what's next? What is next? What engages first next? Is it a muscle? Is it a joint? How does the joint or muscle know that it's going to be next? We don't have to have answers, but just kind of check it out. It's weird. And in whatever way is your way, sitting, taking your time, There's nowhere else that you're going to be able to be this weird with all this, so just do it while you're here. (laughs) Everyone else will understand. But truly, this is the simplicity of how this organism moves. But how often do we pay attention to what it takes without just habitually doing it? So today, let's try that. Let's be in that today. 
we can go touch trees <laughs> and feel the sensations of the bark on our hands and walk barefoot, feel the sensations on your feet. Watch the motivation behind everything you choose on the dining table. Just all that, why, how, what, trip out. <laughs> Today's that kind of day. So for, you know, for walking, just A, do the walking. Oftentimes walking can feel like a break or tea time, right? Or an opportunity to do something else, anything other than the walking practice. But see if today, since we're kind of mid-retreat, see if you can just really stick to the schedule, let thoughts about it go, nowhere to be, nothing to do, and walk and sit and walk and sit. It's my encouragement. I spent a lot of retreats going, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'll do the full schedule tomorrow. <laughs> and then I regret missing the retreat. So do what you can. A couple announcements and then we can have time for just maybe one or two questions. Um, we have our second round of group meetings today. So if you weren't seen in a meeting yesterday, you will be seen today. Hopefully everyone already looked at the board. Please, um, please look at the board and be on time. Come to your meeting. Um, the meetings are not optional. We would like to hear from all of you. So some kind of check-in be really helpful just so that we know that you're okay. Um, sometimes uh, we can be extra shy um, and that's fine, but also we want to we want to just know uh, and help if we can in any way. Um, and also the other thing, please check the board for messages for for you. There might be one up there for you. You might not be expecting one, so you're not looking because you didn't write one. But there might be one there for you. So please check because um, we do tend to leave things if we have any questions for you. So, are there any questions? Please. So, restlessness and sleep are sleepiness are referred to as hindrances. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, a hindrance is negative. Mm -hmm. It's an obstacle. Mm -hmm. um, so, when I feel sleepy or when I feel like I want to Because of the word. Mm, that's so good. I love that. So the comment is sleepiness and restlessness are called hindrances. And when you, when you feel sleepiness or restlessness, maybe it, you don't consider it a hindrance or a, a block. Um, so slightly disappointed when you think about it as a hindrance. Ugh. 
That's so good. Actually, let's change the polycanon <laughs> because that's true. Then, because then we try to, you know, what we do after we tell you it's a hindrance, we tell you to be easy with it, and then it's not a hindrance anymore. <laughs> so you've kind of already you jumped that line already, right? No, I really appreciate that because what it sounds like to me is that you're doing exactly what the next instruction is, but, oh, oh, let's just feel the sensations of sleepiness. Let's accept this. It's not a problem. It's not a hindrance, right? So then it kind of leaves that, um, you know, just yesterday I was sitting in, the, in a meeting with them and I said, I hope they're not taking words, concepts, and really like putting everything into those concepts, Right? Because something gets called something and then we have to own it because some expert said that's what it is. So all of that to say, you're right. Do the practice as you've been doing it. If you're just noticing sleepiness is arising, sleepiness, and then it becomes not a hindrance. When it's a hindrance is when, you know, it's sort of like, I'm so checked out. This feels really good. Um, you know what I mean? I'm not paying attention. I'm gone. It's when we don't know that it's present, when we can't see it, then it's a hindrance. So the fact that you're seeing it clearly actually takes the hindrance quality out of it. And it becomes sensation. It becomes a thought. It becomes, right? So um, thank you for that. Important. And if, and if, yeah, and restlessness, it's the same. Like if you're feeling it as, I want to move, right? It's just energy in the body. It's energy in the body. When it becomes worry, incessant, obsessive, can't get away from it, stuck, quicksand, hindrance. Yeah, then it hinders our clear seeing. But it sounds like how you're experiencing them is a really, you know, from a wise perspective of noticing. Thank you. Yeah. So the recognition of the difference between observing, and I'm sorry, what was the word? Observing and changing. Observing and changing. And noticing, like Murphy's Law, the quantum physics law, that by observing something, by nature it changes. So that's our trick. <laughs> that's the trick of the practice. Um, Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost unavoidable for change. Change, change is going to happen no matter what, whether we observe it or not. Change is going to happen. So when our observational lens shines brighter, 
right? Because like, change is happening whether we're awake or not, right? Whether we're paying attention or not. Tell me if I'm off track to, to your... Okay. So that's going to happen whether we are paying attention, not paying attention. So when we shine the observational awareness light on it, we're actually seeing the change happen. And I don't know if there's anything further than that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> what you're pointing to is, is yes. Um, sometimes we like the change and sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes when we really like what's happening and it goes away, um, we can feel attached <laughs> and not want it to go away or them to go away or it to go away. Um, and sometimes it's really great <laughs> when it goes away because we are, are free for a few moments. So then we get to watch the clinging or the aversion as change happens. And then that's a different process unto itself. Did, was, there, was there more to that? But the observation of it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, um, one more. <laughs> Ah! Okay, Rochambeau. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors between you three. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, you win because you played. Go ahead. I know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Because sometimes those dull emotions are actually what can control us even more than the big ones, right? Because the big ones, we can see it, it's there. Oh my God, I'm so angry. Better cool out, right? But if it's this low nagging, then we can snap or be just like, you know, it's just like, it's hard to call it. So what you're pointing to, yes, right on. I would say in, in life out there, you know, when we're not on retreat, it feels really different than when you're here. Like for here, it's great training ground. And, and what we didn't talk about so much, I alluded to it a little bit, was this idea of Vedana, pleasant and unpleasant. Pleasant, unpleasant, and then what we call neutral. And I found through my practice, and I'm, sh- I'm sure other people refer to it as this, there's different varying degrees of Vedana. Right, so they're from zero to ten. So unpleasant can be low grade, medium grade, high grade. Same with pleasant. And so how I've worked with it is sort of just a, like a, a, a slight noting practice. Oh, interesting. That's a two on the unpleasant. Okay, two on the unpleasant. Don't need to make anything of it. I just know that that's what it is. Five on the pleasant. Okay, that's what it is. One on the pleasant. That's what it is. Right. When it starts controlling us, when it like the tipping point of it having us do something about it, 
than watching that. But really good, to, it's good to know because those happen all day, every day, the low grade kind of slow burn things. So again, it's for the purposes of the retreat to just, to just know that. And there's lots of them, you know, so it's just to kind of get friendly with that, that low grade experience. I don't know if that's helpful, but okay. So, um, yeah. Looks like a good day. And uh, please come to your discussion groups if you have them. Do the walking practice. Practice during your lunch. Practice during your naps. Practice everywhere. And we'll all be together again at 4.15. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.